The following is a message by Dr. Howell Jones from Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this message or Westminster Seminary, visit us online at wscal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. That's online at wscal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. We bow before Thee, O Lord, our God, conscious that the best that we can bring to Thee in terms of praise and thanksgiving, confession and repentance and faith is much less than is properly required and which thou dost truly deserve. We thank thee that through the merit of Christ and by the ministry of his Spirit, thou dost not disdain to receive our feeble and unworthy praises. And we thank thee that we can call upon thee and say to thee, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that we love thee. We pray that thou wilt increase our understanding and charge our spirits by thy mighty power so that more in terms of praise and adoration, witness and service may be brought forth by us to thy praise and honor. To that end, bless thy word to us concerning thy Son, and supply us with the aid of thy Holy Spirit, its author, in our speaking and in our receiving of it. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Be seated, please. You turn with me to the Gospel according to St. John and the 12th chapter, John chapter 12. We read from verse 20. John chapter 12, verse 20, through to verse 36. Let us hear the word of God. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be. If anyone serves me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, 
An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. May God bless to us his own word. Well, last semester, as most of you know, uh, we gave attention to the passion narratives in the Gospels and considered our Lord's seven sayings from the cross. I plan to continue in those same portions of Scripture this spring, but this time giving attention to what I've called signs of the cross. Let me explain what I mean and begin with this comment that while the crucifixion was proceeding, God was silent. No audible voice was heard from heaven by anyone. That is not to be passed over unnoticed. It has its significance because, as we have just read, and there were other occasions when God did speak from heaven in order to attest the identity of his servant son and to affirm his good pleasure in what he had come to do. The baptism, of course, immediately springs to mind, doesn't it? There, the heavens were opened, the spirit descended like a dove, and a voice was heard, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. John saw that dove descending, and he doubtless heard that voice as well as others might have done. But a voice was certainly sounding from heaven in response to the submissive consecration of the Lord Jesus Christ to his work as servant Messiah. Then all that was re-echoed, repeated, on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter, James, and John were present, and Peter subsequently writes, the voice that came from heaven we heard when we were with him on the holy mountain. A voice that repeated his identity, affirmed his messiahship, and authoritatively called upon the disciples to give him 
attention second to none, elevating neither Moses nor Elijah above him. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And then, just a few days before the crucifixion, we've read the account. Greeks came up to the feast. And our Lord sees them as the harbinger of his impending passion, his coming hour for which he had come into the world. And after explaining something of what lay ahead to his disciples, he turns to his father and he says, Now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. For this hour I for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify thy name. And a voice was heard, heard by all. Some said it thundered. Others said an angel spoke to him. His father replied, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. But now, in the event, the hour having been begun, the crucifixion proceeding, voices were heard, the Savior's voice, the voices of others, but not the Father's voice. He was silent, not absent, of course, much less inactive, but uncommunicative, saying nothing. And that is something that we ought to note. It has its significance. And then Jesus died. He breathed his last. He committed himself to his Father, and God spoke. The Father was silent when his Son was dying. But as soon as Jesus' lips fell silent, the Father spoke. Not by words, but by deeds. Deeds that have a message, each of them, as I hope we will see, a profound significance. Deeds that ought to have been understood by any who had any knowledge at all of the Old Testament scriptures. And the Apostle John writing in chapter 19 indicates that he not only bore witness, but that scriptures came to his mind as he recalled those events, enabling him to understand them. What happened? What were these deeds? We say he died and rose again. True. The central points of the accomplishment of the work of redemption. But there was an interval. There was an interval between them. 
And things happened that were revelatory. The veil of the temple rent in twain from top to bottom. Rocks were split. Graves were opened. Miraculous events. And then his legs were not broken. But his side was pierced. Not miraculous, but so striking that it might seem as if the term providence is not adequate to explain them. And then, a lifeless body was taken down from the cross and not tumbled into a common grave, but laid in a new tomb in a garden. God was speaking. He was saying something about his dead son about his identity about the accomplishment of his ministry and about its great and glorious effects and results before ever the first Easter day they were the father's amen to his sons it is finished throughout his life he'd marked him out by signs and wonders hadn't he here he does the same with this difference that those signs and wonders in his earthly ministry were brought about yes by the power of God and the enabling of the spirit of God in connection with the word of his son Just as at creation, saw those signs in his ministry. He spoke and it was done. But now he isn't speaking. Now he can't speak. God is speaking. And God is doing. Now these are the signs that I want to consider in turn. They're not among those that are specified by John at the end of his letter. Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, not written in this book. Those signs are in the first part of the book, each of them associated with some I am saying of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that isn't the case. But here are events that have a significance and a meaning, and a message. And they have a common theme. And this is what I just want to underline as we close. In the upper room in John chapter 13, after Judas had left, verse 31, and the events of the Passion were set in motion and in train. Jesus, as you know, was seeking to prepare his disciples for the shock that lay ahead and he wants them to understand that what lies ahead shameful though it is 
is in reality a display of glory. This is what he says. Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Jesus is saying what's ahead is connected with glory. Glory is revelation. Glory is display. The term in the Old Testament, as you know, is associated with weight, connected with honor. In the New Testament, with light, associated with splendor. And here what Jesus is referring to in connection with his hour is a manifestation of the great honor and splendor of God in and through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ and in association with it. The Son of Man was going to be glorified, revealed for who he was, and God was going to be revealed in the Son of Man, in the cross, as a way, in a way and to a degree that he had never, ever been revealed before. The cross is climactic in terms of the self-disclosure of God. Nothing before it compares with it. And eternity will only display more of it. But then Jesus says this. If God is glorified in him, in the cross, some uncertainty, as you know, about that, um, about that expression, textually speaking, but something like it is needed in terms of the grammar and the sense of the sentence. If God is glorified in him, that is what happened. That is what Jesus did. He revealed God, justice and mercy, in the cross, in his dying. If God is glorified in him, then God will also glorify him in himself and do it immediately. Now this, of course, includes more than the crucifixion, but it doesn't only refer to the resurrection. Nor does it only refer to the resurrection, uh, the ascension, and the reign and the heavenly session of Christ in glory. It refers to what happened post-death. Later on, in John 17, Jesus says, Glorify thou me with thine own self with the glory that I had with thee before the world was. That refers to the ascension and the exaltation and the reign and the intercession and so on. But here it isn't with yourself. Here it is God will glorify him in himself. That is to say that these events that I've summarized or listed for you Each of them has something to say about the glory of the servant, son, Messiah, Redeemer. 
Rent Vale, new religion. Rocked earth, new heavens and a new earth. Open tombs, raised saints, new humanity. Portents of what follow from the cross. His legs not broken, yet his side was pierced. Careful protection and yet display of what sin's redemption costs a pierced heart. And finally, rest in a new tomb in the garden of God. A portent of the eternal rest and reward and glory which belongs rightly to him and which he shares with each and every one who trusts him. Don't marginalize the cross. There's nothing greater. Don't minimize it. Seek to know more and more of its wonder and finality because that is what you will do forever in heaven. Let us pray. Be pleased, O Lord, to receive our thanks for the way in which thy Son did thy will to the uttermost and procured eternal salvation for all who trust him and receive our thanks for the way in which after that darkness on the cross thou didst openly vindicate him even before raising him from the dead. Help us to think of him as highly as thou dost and to love him and desire that his work might be fully brought to its intended goal in the salvation of and in the perfection in holiness and love of all for whom he died from every kindred, tribe, and tongue, and nation. Receive our thanks. Grant us thy blessing for his sake. Amen. Copyright 2008, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way, and you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this broadcast on our website is preferred.